Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with Simon Blair and Emma Doyle, the show that explores how to coach for success in both sport and business. I've got the absolute pleasure of interviewing today Jim Rembach, who's a podcaster in his own right, which is great. And I was fortunate enough to be on his show, The Fast Leader Podcast. And uh, Jim's now returning the favour, which is awesome. And the reason I was on his podcast and the reason I want him on our show is uh, turns out we're actually got relatively similar backgrounds and uh, an interest in all things contact centres and certainly coaching and driving improvement. So, Jim, welcome to the Coaching Podcast. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, look forward to uh, hopefully meeting some of your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, without further ado, we're going to jump straight into the the questions. And with our international guests, we start with the Vegemite question, love it or hate it? Do you have a particular viewpoint? (laughs) You know, and I appreciate you asking that, and and I do have to honestly say that I've never tried it, uh, so it's on my list. Wow. I, I do wow. want to give it a shot one day. I might have to send you some now. <laughs> I'll welcome it. I'll I'll see if we can organize it. Um, there are specific uh, instructions I'll send with it as to how to consume it properly, because often first timers they actually there's a particular method that prevent limits the possibility of actually hating it first time. Uh, so, okay, that's, um, so what do I, what do we do there? So now Jim, because it's actually, you've never tried it. You get to choose whether you tell us the best coaching experience you've ever had or your worst. Well, now I, I do know that as human beings, we like to see people rise above their challenges. So from that perspective, uh, I would like to actually start with, uh, you know, probably my, my worst ever coaching experience. Okay, let's now, go for it. Let's hear it. Now, I, I, I mean, I, I have to say that reflecting upon this, this particular question, in the big scheme of things throughout our lives, I, I would dare to say we probably don't have very many coaching you know, situations that occur in our lives. We have a lot of you know, teaching and mentoring that occurs, but you know, true coaching, I, I don't think it's, it's very common from my perspective and through my story and what I'll you know, explain and talk about, and, you know, maybe my perspective will come a little bit more clear, but I, right. I actually, actually accepted a role with a, with a new organization managing their, their contact center. And there was roughly about 70 people that were in that contact center. And it was of course a very different culture from where I had come. <clears throat> and I was hired by the CEO and the COO of this organization. Now the people that I reported to were not those folks. Uh, and that within itself created a situation of conflict because I, you know, come to find out later on that there wasn't a whole lot of input by those people that I was reporting to on who they wanted to and who they brought in in order to take this particular role. So I was already put in a bad spot. Also for me, I sometimes may have clouded judgment because I look at an opportunity more than I look at the circumstance. And if I had better ability to interpret things and, and not let the opportunity make, make me have rosy colored glasses and see you know just the positive side, I would have realized that the person who I was replacing became an alcoholic while they were in the role. 
<laughs> and I've also able to, you know, see that the person who he replaced actually had a nervous breakdown while in the role. So it was just one of those things where I, I was, you know, looking at the opportunity, you know, and, and, and made the wrong decision. I, there was not a good fit for me, but I, you know, unfortunately I followed it. I took it and I was put in a position to where I was now reporting to some folks that, um, you know, really didn't want me. Uh, and I didn't take it very well. I didn't, I didn't do very well with it. And so I even remember when I had a first, my first, you know, 90 day review and they do a review and I said, and they make you do a self, you know, assessment and then you sit down and, and those two people that I essentially reported to one was more direct and the other one was a little bit more supportive. Uh, and that person was actually the head of HR, which to me was an interesting, um, situation. But, you know, I, I gave my feedback and, and they basically just, took my legs out from under me. And really, if they would have done a good job of setting an expectation, it probably wouldn't have went as poorly as it did. So, you know, for them, they were actually evaluating me based on somebody who was already tenured within the role. Yeah, yeah. So if you think about if you're evaluating somebody who is new to a role against somebody who is tenured in a role, essentially they're not going to be performing well in, in anything. They're new. I mean, they're at the early stages of their learning curve. It wasn't evaluating me where I was and and saying that, okay, you know, given somebody who, you know, has been here for this particular time, you know, this is going well, this is going well, here's some things I need you to focus on. That's not what happened. It was like, you know, you're, you're below expectation, you're below expectation, you're below expectation. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, I, I don't think, you know, that's something that I received very well when I kept getting bombarded um, and, and knowing that I was new in the position. You know, being a little bit more mature, you know, and having an opportunity of going through that a couple of times, I probably would have handled it a little bit differently, but it didn't sit well with me. <clears throat> and I and I I didn't appreciate it. I didn't appreciate getting the, you know, negative after negative after negative after negative. And I didn't stay there very long. Uh, I mean, I was, I was very, I mean, I was there for, I think a total of six months. Yeah. We, well, you, you would have realized at that point, obviously that you, your mind would have started shifting quite clearly to, you know, beyond that position from that, ex, from that experience. You're exactly right. I mean, for, for me, it was, you know, once that happened, it was, I was looking externally. Yeah. So Jim, tell us about, um, a positive experience. Let's let's change the the tone and uh, give you the chance to talk talk about something that was more uplifting for you as an individual and uh, within your career. Well, I, I, for me, and, and it came early in my career, and thank goodness it did because <laughs> some of the setbacks, uh, you know, I, I needed to have some of the positives in order to see that there there were better things out there. Uh, I you know had uh, somebody who early in my career. Uh, Dave Hart. He he was a somebody who was you know a teacher uh, and you know a mentor as well as a coach and, and kind of what I was mentioning earlier where there I see there there's a very distinct difference between all of those particular roles mm-hmm. is that a coach really focuses in on establishing a relationship. Yes. When you think about somebody who can really make an impact for you and who can really you know help. You, you know, the potential that is within you, you know, come out and have realization and have it affect your life. That relationship has to come first. 
And it also doesn't, you know, have, you also, when you think about those coaches and those folks that have been able to bring that out within you, they don't do it in an authoritative way. No. I mean, it isn't a situation where they're barking at you. It's more collaboration. Collaboration. It's all about collaboration. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, trying to, uh, you know, adapt and fit. And that's what Dave did. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he looked and focused in on establishing the relationship. But then also he did a good job of, of separating and keeping that coachy and coach, you know, uh, you know, dynamic in place. So I knew that he was in, in, you know, he was my authoritative figure and he was, you know, the person who could rule my world. But I didn't fear that. I actually embraced that. Mm. And it's because of how he went about, you know, uh, nurturing that whole coach coachy fit that really made the difference for me. And I thrived within it. And, you know, it, it, and I always even said that I'm, I know I'm not a good employee. You know, I'm not a good employee because I don't like to see injustice. I don't keep my mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> um, Speaking my language. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, yep. and it's, I hear you know, you. <laughs> sometimes it's not served me well from a career you know, perspective. However, I don't also don't regret it because I no. know that if I would allow certain injustices to continue, that I, I wouldn't have been able to sleep at night. And it, and it also too isn't a situation where it's me uh, that I, I try to defend. Um, I always find myself that I get myself in the most trouble when I'm trying to defend others. So Jim, thank you so much for that. Um, now, we come to the sliding doors question. Is there moments or a moment in your career where you could have uh, that stand out for you? Could have gone left, could have gone right. That have set you on set you on a path, brought you to where you are today, uh, which would have been very very different if you chose differently. Oh, definitely. So, <clears throat> my wife and I were uh, when we were married, we moved from essentially our our home home base and area to a whole new city, Memphis, Tennessee. While I was there, I was working for the company that I was uh, working for when we were at home, but that, that tenure ended, and I started working for an organization that had a lot of different companies. So it was a, a management group of a lot of different uh, organizations, and I started doing some consulting work uh, for them. And then they made me an offer, and I started, uh, I, I, you know, started working for them. And at the time... I was working in what is a, you know, a store, a convenience type store, you know, where people can get gasoline or petrol um, and also, you know, food and and drinks and, you know, the whole nine yards. And and it was one of the largest ones in the entire state of Tennessee. I mean, several million dollar operation. It's a big, big, big deal. Uh, And I worked my tail off because the person who uh, was was actually let go prior to me, um, you know, had some, had some failures. And so I put in a lot of effort, worked several days. And at the time, my younger brother was graduating from college, which was, you know, a a drive away. And I had worked like, you know, 60 days straight trying to get this place, you know, on board. I, I finally got it to where it was gelling well, got some good people in place in order to be able to, you know, to, to manage it while I wasn't there. And I said, you know, I'm going to take off and go to my, my brother's, you know, graduation. And so that's when it started. Um, I started being told that I was not loyal. I did not mm-hmm. have, 
um, you know, their, their, um, you know, their thoughts and, and their desires in mine, um, that, you know, essentially my family wasn't important. And then I started hearing all these other stories about them doing the same thing to other folks. And I was like, well, you know me, I already Mm -hmm. told you my story. That's a problem for me. Yeah. Especially and when you've so given I, so much already to that point. Absolutely. I'm like, I, I laid down everything for you and have busted my tail mm. to get this place in, you know, in order and, and be able to, you know, have a, an opportunity, you know, to, so that I can take advantage, you know, and, and go see my, my younger brother graduate from university. And, uh, and so, the, but they kept on and on and on. Um, and it, were, it was really just threatening me. And so I just turned in my letter of resignation. And, and I said, and there was a couple other things I started seeing where they were actually discriminating, you know, against other employees of different color. Uh, and, and I just yeah. had a problem with that. And so I just turned in my resignation. So, Jim, in three words or less, what do you think makes a great coach? Person before power. Person before power. Because you're, you know, in a coach position, because you're in a mentor position, a teacher position, you you yield a lot of power. Yeah. What are you going to do with that power? And the fact is, is that you need to connect with your coachee before you start, you know, exerting any of that power. You know, let th- let them respect the power without you having to force the power. Jim, I'd like to thank you so much for being on the coaching podcast and uh, for giving so much of your own personal journey and, uh, and insight, uh, which is always great for uh, our audience. And uh, so really appreciate your time today. Oh, my honor was mine. So that was uh, Jim Rembeck, and uh, I had the great privilege of being on, on uh, his show and encourage our listeners in uh, those of you in the business space, uh, call center space, customer service. Um, he uh, has a weekly weekly show and uh, called the Fast Leaders uh, Podcast and uh, gets some really interesting uh, uh, managers and, and coaches uh, telling their stories and, and their, their journey in the business world. So... Um, <clears throat> And I had an extended interview uh, with 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 Jim, um, which uh, I'll, I'll actually put up on our Facebook oh, page fantastic. as well for people yeah. to listen to, because it gave me the opportunity to get into a fair bit of detail around certainly the early days of of my career and some of the challenges that I went through as as a manager and a coach. So, yeah, I mean, I I loved straight away. You you could clearly hear the passion of fairness, justice. And yep. what's, you know, just doing the right thing. He, he's obviously a man full of high moral integrity. Absolutely. And that, that, that really is probably the, one of the biggest things that jumped out at me in, in that interview. And in, in his stories, it's a lot about this, you know, when in life, fairness is really important to a lot of people mm. and especially in the workplace. And I think... Uh, even one of the the biggest things for me as a coach, um, especially when I led a team of, of 80 staff in a in a leisure industry, was actually acknowledgement of people for doing certain things mm. and just providing that, hey, I really appreciate, you, you know, I really noticed that you stayed later and you, 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 
you you put all the equipment away. I just want to just want to acknowledge you for that and say thank you. The extra effort. The extra effort, and, and people, you know, I mean, um, so many people take that for granted in business, in they? the business world, especially. Yeah, so it's the classic doing. You know, those that uh, the expectation that you're just going to work weekends and all the overtime hours, and I can contact you in the middle of the night, and mm. you'll be available, and 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 staff do it, and. Mm. It's it's a balance. It's it's find the balance yep. between you know inspiring people to want it to want when you love your job and yep. you know as you and I I mean especially when other listeners out there who are self employed you know often that sometimes it's hard to turn the clock off at all. Mm. So uh, so you know what also just came to mind um, if you actually Google Lady Ju- oh, Justice uh, Lady Justice comes up and. I, I recommend everyone just to Google it. And, Google and, Lady Justice. Yeah, or just even if you Google the word justice. Right. And what comes up is an image uh, of a woman who's blindfolded and in one hand she's holding the scales and yeah, in the yeah. other hand she's holding a sword. Mm. And that was the image that actually came up for me right. in listening to, you know, to often we're, we're, we're blindsided. Yep. Uh, and... Maybe we could just touch on that now about surprises in coaching sessions no. and yeah and he well his his story that he told there was the, the the classic mistake the golden rule that you should as a manager never never and a coach uh, uh, never break and that is no surprises so when you have the formal review the formal discussion when we actually we're going to look at the results and go through that and see where it's at. That shouldn't be those those moments where the individual walks yeah. out. I didn't see that coming. coming. Uh, that was a surprise to me. And that feeling when you've gone through that experience and that pit of the stomach, oh, okay, I thought I was here and they've got a completely different view. If you're a good coach and you've got a good relationship, that stuff is just always present and communicated and out there and it's a constant isn't it yeah the, co- the co- collaborative approach exactly. to actually the coach e saying hey you know what i'd like to talk about this yeah. so almost they're bringing it up i mean that's the best case scenario yeah. where then you can put a, a plan in place together that's right that's actually going to move behavior forward yeah. or move an outcome towards a desired direction absolutely and that's when that happens it's a reflection of managers who basically aren't coaches coaching is not part of their makeup it's not part of their toolkit and they tend to avoid it and go to the easy path of let's just look at the numbers and i'll react to the numbers and deal with you accordingly Mm. and uh, um, it's just it's old school management practice and it just has no place in um, the modern world yeah and and in your experience simon do you often work with certain businesses around uh, m- managers that haven't gone through like formal, say, coach, or not even formal, but gone through the education of how to be a coach and oh. then they're managing people? What, what, what's well, your experience there? I don't know if we've ever even spoken about this before, but most, most managers I encounter uh, haven't had any coaching training. And often I'm the one that's for the first time exposing them and this is often experienced experience managers to coaching and getting them to take off the manager hat and all the crap that surrounds that that's built up around when I'm a manager, this is how managers are meant to be and act. And it's, it's, you flip, you flip the paradigm um, in terms of, and, and lately I've really uh, figured out a few things and tried a few different things in terms of the language that I'm using. And it's really helped me articulate that better. And as a, 
And it relates to things that I, I reacted to when I heard Claude Silver say this uh, on her the Daily V episode, which prompted me to reach out to her and get her, get her on the show. And that is, um, you're there to serve. When you're a manager, you're in service. And I love that concept because that flips the org chart. You know, the traditional org chart where managers are up top and all those employees, the frontline employees are down the bottom. You actually invert that. Uh, where if you're a manager, the person you're managing is actually above you and because and you're in service. And, and that really fits really nicely with all the things we know and love about coaching. Absolutely. Um, and and mm. that's, that's really what I, in the world of business, the, the coaching that I do, a lot of that is coaching, coaching coaches. Well, they might not yet be coaches, trying to help them become coaches. Become coaches, yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and that's, that's really core to my approach is getting them to think of their role differently. Yeah, and it, it, I just had an image then also of, of what you just described, which, which actually fits perfectly with what makes a great coach in the person before power. Yes. Now, if you put the org chart that way and you flip it, you're actually putting the person ahead of of power which for me the position in the organization that yeah, the hierarchy yeah, yeah yeah and and you know i've really been thinking a lot about power and what that really means and mm. i'm doing a presentation uh coming up and it's all about um the empower hour it's called and i thought well empower if we split that yeah. m and power it's all about knowledge. Power is knowledge. Emma, power. Yeah. I, was, I led you right into that one. I was hoping you were going to pick up on that. But it was my, that was my indirect coaching strategy. And, uh, um, but, yeah, power is knowledge. So before we say, hey, you know what, I'm, I know this and, and, you know, you need to understand this as well, it's all about put the person first. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot on this show and we hope that, if, if, you know, it's a through line almost to every episode that we're talking about, put the person first. And, you know, if anyone is hopefully continues to listen to the episodes of our show, that, we're, we, you know, that's, I'm sure that's something that sits well with you um, yeah. wh- wh- while you're listening. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, fantastic interviews, a lot of really cool things that especially for managers and yeah, um, business leaders and, and, and coaches and, and asking great questions. Yeah. And and lessons around what not to do, you know, and how to treat just fundamentally how to how to treat people with with, with fairness and, and respect. And respect. And and then you can figure things out together. It's that give and take relationship. That, the balance. The, the balance. balance of Lady Justice. Yep, there we go. Great, great place to finish it. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully not the sword. No. <laughs> <laughs> Take the blindfold off and uh, and that's it. We look forward to giving you a better return on your investment through an improvement on your relationships. Person before power. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Thanks Simon. Jim. Thanks, Emma. The Coaching Podcast is proudly brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. And thanks to emmadoyle.com.au, speaker, mentor and performance coach.